Hello once again. Actually, there is no once again because this is the first podcast episode. My name is Devin, and this is untitled podcast title because I don't know what this podcast is going to be called. Um, uh, to I want to let you guys you know have a feel for me. My name is Devin. I think I've said that again and again and again. I'm a 19-year-old college student here, a marketing major at the Guam Community College. I love long walks on the beach, and I'm a Libra. I play a couple of instruments, and I love to read. That's all that I want you to know about me so far, so that in later episodes, I can, I can re- reveal more about myself. Um, and, through, and through stories will I reveal myself, so I don't think there should be a need for a very um, detailed, specific introduction for the first podcast, you'll learn a, a lot. Learn a lot more about me as, 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 as I talk to you in this very raspy one a.m. kind of voice, <laughs> and never laugh like that ever again because that was that was scary. The reason why I have this podcast and the reason why I want to talk to you guys, um, mainly because I really enjoy sharing stories, and. Uh, along with sharing stories, I always always believe that there's a lesson behind every story, as if it's an Aesop's fable. And I want to make it an episodic thing that I take life experiences, um, take experiences in my life that I've gone through and share with you guys so that we can we can dive in and analyze it so that we can salvage a lesson from it. Because I feel like behind every experience you have in life, there is a lesson. Have I said that already? I think I've said that already. I've said something to that effect. Um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, the the structure of the podcast will go as follows. I tell you a story, and w- at the end, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out exactly what we're going to be learning, hopefully, what I learned, and what I want to share with you in terms of what we should all take from it, and... Um, and how to move forward and the conclusion to it. And I learned this lesson lesson about maturity over the course of my trip in Hawaii. I, le- I learned a lot about maturity, um, a lot about independence and self-motivation. And it really stuck with me, um, being only because I've learned it from two people that are my age. And the crazy thing about it is, is because uh, we're, we're all the same age. And we're all at different maturity levels, I think is a good preface to it. Um, we're, all, we're all different ages, yet we have so much to learn from each other. I actually learned a lot more from them. I don't know if they learned a lot from me, but I, for sure I learned a lot more from them. So February, March 1st here on Guam, I fly out by myself. And this is my first time flying out by myself because my mom, and I, my mom usually travels with me. We're travel buddies, but she wanted to kick me out of the house and have me travel alone to to feel out the COVID traveling experience and to and to travel alone for the first time and to get that to garner that experience. So she sends me off to Hawaii, and I make sure that I got everything ready. Right, this is my mature. This is my big boy trip. I'm traveling alone this time. I have to make sure I have everything ready. I got my materials ready for school so that when I come back from quarantine, I I can get. I can get back to going to school. I've got all the, I've got all my clothes ready. I've got my passport ready. My COVID negative test result ready. It's already been uploaded to the, to the Safe Travels website that's required, so that you can, 
you can get screened at the airport and you can be screened and be exempt from quarantine. I got that all of that prepared and that was a huge process. Go to the airport in Hawaii, get to the airport of the Hawaii, they they um they scanned my QR code, which I screenshot because I, I know that I won't have access to Wi-Fi because Docomo sucks and roaming sucks and doesn't work and I knew that it wasn't gonna work, so I screenshotted everything beforehand so that I'd be able to show it to the people at the airport. I get to uh, my my hotel and the guy at the front, he comes around the corner, very blonde hair, brown eyed guy, brown eyed guy. Looks like he surfs, but I don't wanna make that assumption just cause it's Hawaii. And he asked me for the QR code. And I'm like, okay, sure. Pull out the QR code on my screenshotted, screenshotted QR code. And he goes, can you scroll down a little bit? I'm like, what do you mean scroll down? I need to see the green check marks that show that you're, you've been screened and then you're exempt from quarantine. I'm like, oh, frick. Okay, yeah, no problem. I just gotta connect to the website. What's the Wi-Fi password? Excuse me, the Wi-Fi password. And I can't connect to the freaking Wi-Fi on my phone. Why? I have no idea. Is it a problem with the Wi-Fi? I don't know. Problem with my phone? Perhaps. But this guy was not offering me any other solution to fixing this slow-ass Wi-Fi. The most god-awful Wi-Fi known to man. <laughs> so I pull out my laptop after realizing that I have a whole laptop in my bag. And I use that to connect to the Wi-Fi and and show them the QR code through the website on my laptop. And it's time to pay for the resort fee. Okay, no problem. It's been 15 minutes to connect to the Wi-Fi and to finally show you the QR code is fine. This should be a piece of cake. Swipe the card. Oh, just when I thought the Wi-Fi sucked, the card declines. Why? I have no idea. There's enough money in that card uh, to pay for the resort fee. I told Bank of Hawaii two weeks before my trip that I was going to leave to Hawaii for um, <laughs> for for vacation and that I wouldn't, um, uh, that there would be purchases made in Hawaii so they don't decline the card. But, you know, the card just, I guess, didn't feel it that night. <laughs> so I had, because I couldn't access the damn Wi-Fi on my phone to connect to WhatsApp to call my mom, I went on Discord on my laptop and I texted the group. I go, guys, I need somebody to go on voice call and to call my mom to uh, so that we can talk. So Angelo comes up and he's the middleman. He calls up my mom. I give him my phone, give him my mom's phone number and he calls up my mom and my mom and I are communicating through freaking discord using Angelo's phone. And <laughs> there's two options that she says it's to either pay in cash or run another card. Um, and when I told I asked him if that was possible, the guy was again reluctant. So I made the big boy decision to go up against all my fears and run the card again, even though it's like very highly not recommended to run your card a second time if it's the kind of the first time because it could just lock you out of your account. Um, I run it again and thank God it goes through. Thank God it goes through. By the end of check-in, it's already 9 freaking 30, man. I'm hungry. I try to go out into the street to see if there's any food. Everything's closed, of course, because it's 9 freaking 30. So I have to settle with McDonald's. I walk a whole, a whole, a whole long way in Waikiki, only to walk back to get McDonald's that was in front of my hotel. <laughs> but let me let me tell you, that was the best McDonald's I've ever eaten in my life. I was just so hungry and so tired from traveling. Um, I settled with that.
Now I'm in Hawaii. I've got so much things that I plan to do. Visit the zoo, climb up Diamond Head, uh, swim in Waikiki every day. I've got all those things set. Uh, I've got a couple of friends that lived in Hawaii or live in Hawaii right now. There's Nikki from iBugs, um, Jocelyn, who I play tennis with, and there's Gerald. And Gerald's the one I'm I'm closest with. Gerald and I were both... Uh, Gerald and I were both... Uh, council members for SBA. He was the secretary and I was the PRO. And the reason why I, uh, you know, you think the natural reaction reaction when you're in a place with friends and you're away from home is to say, yo, let's meet up. But for me, I wasn't close to any of these people in high school or not very, not super close to any of these guys in high school. And it felt uneasy for me to text them out of nowhere. Like, yo, I'm in, I'm here in Hawaii um, I know we're not close, but um, did you want to meet up? That uh, for me, that made me feel uneasy because that that's a lot. That's asking a lot out of somebody that I I, I don't I'm not super close to. Um, that's a sign of maturity. Like I just need to get over that because um, apparent uh, after I've announced my arrival in, in Honolulu with Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. Um, Gerald texts me and he goes, let's do it. Let's meet up. And I go, shoot. All right. If you're down, then I'm down. Like I, as long as the other person's down and I'm down, then I'm down. But that's a very, not, not some, not that it's a super bad mindset to, to have, but, um, it's an unproductive one. It's an inefficient one to me because uh, I can't, I can't keep relying on other people to be down in order for me to take action in my life, I need to take action in my life. And hopefully it'll influence other people to do the same. So I need to take initiative, I think is what I'm trying to say here. And um, I haven't seen Gerald. I told, I, I, I've told i spoken about how Gerald and I were both council members for SBA. He was a secretary and I was the PRO. Um, not very close. Uh, the only time that we spoke was through SBA. Um, very little uh, did we speak at, outside of class. Um, outside of that, that, um, that capacity only because he, he was, he was taking different classes. I was taking different classes. He joined, um, different clubs and I joined different clubs. Um, the only circle that we had was SBA and that's where we spoke. We never really saw each other around after that. It was almost natural. (laughs) Um, but let me tell you, Gerald is this really, is a really nice guy. And to me, when I knew him in high school, he was a very um, reserved guy to me, a uh, very soft spoken. Uh, he wasn't. It's not that he was shy, but he hung around his circle a lot. He he hung around his circle a lot, and he wasn't jumping circles um, like a few people do. He was really just commit. He was really committed to the people that he was he was hanging around, and uh, stayed in those circles. Really friendly guy. He ran cross country. I think all four years of high school um, and, and track. I'm, or actually, I'm not sure about track, but I think he joined track too. And he, a uh, really smart guy, very scholarly. Um, if, if I could picture, if I could have you imagine what a student athlete looks like, the, the epitome of a student athlete is Gerald. And because he ran cross country and track, he's very lanky. He's a, he's a pretty tall guy. Um, 
granted he's not as tall as me but i don't think a lot of people are tall of me tall tall as me that are filipino and that live on guam but <laughs> um uh, gerald is is pretty tall and the last time i saw him was at this at um the at denny's here in the micronesia mall in guam for sba celebratory end of the year brunch and that's when he told that's where he told us that he was going to hawaii to um to for college and that he was going to live there for for college and at that moment that's when i realized i don't know how any what how anybody else felt it but i think all of us realized like shoot we're adults now that's actually freaking crazy and uh since then he's moved he that was like that was in august that was half a year ago i saw that's like that's more than half a year ago he moved in august it's been half a year um and i i haven't because we weren't very close to begin with um we didn't really keep in touch like through social media or social media like texting i've i've only seen his stories and his posts on in hawaiian i go like wow child's living the life that's awesome that's wonderful and he he texts me to say let's meet up and i go yeah sure i'm i'm freaking down and i go what's the plan gerald and he goes silence he doesn't reply back immediately <laughs> it was already late at night and um so i in that time that i'm still in bed right i'm still in bed scrolling through instagram scrolling through social social media i've posted this story that i'm i'm at hawaii on my instagram and the most unlikely person responds to that story rosalind arcala Rosalind Arcala is one of my closest friends, one of my dearest friends. If she, if anything happened to her, I would bawl my eyes out and roll over and probably cry for a long time. That's how close Rosalind is to me. Uh, I knew Rosalind since middle school. Uh, she was, she's this really bright, really extroverted, positive energy that whenever she walks into the room, her energy just lifts everybody up and makes them feel like they they can do it they can freaking do it uh she motivates a lot of people she moved to she moved off island from guam to arizona with a boyfriend at the time um in the middle of sophomore year and she's been there since and in between junior year and senior year she um she and her boyfriend uh, broke up I won't I won't explain the details of that, but she and her boyfriend broke up and um, that was really tough on Rosalind because uh, that guy, she she thought that that guy was going to be the guy she was going to marry. And when they broke up because of really unfortunate circumstances, really bad circumstances, she called me in the middle of my work um, while I was at while I was working at the Hilton that summer. And she comes, she, 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 I pick up the phone and she's crying, crying and crying and crying about how they broke up. And to me, I'm like, oh my God, right? Because here, here, here you are, here's this girl, 10, 100,000 miles away from home um, because she moved in with a boyfriend and she's got no family in Arizona. And now, and now they've broken up and those evil dastardly bastards are threatening to kick her out of the house what is she gonna do it worried me as a friend i didn't i was very worried and concerned about what she was gonna do from that point forward 
um, in the weeks in the weeks after her breakup, we just stayed on the phone as much as possible. Like she was still living in with she was still living with her boyfriend because they were rooming with with a couple of friends, so they shared an apartment um, with a couple of friends. But they were gonna kick her out, and she needed another place to stay. And in the weeks that we we were talking after that breakup, I just made sure that she she had somebody that she could. Um, she could talk to and somebody that would listen to her. And uh, she eventually found a place to stay. Uh, her manager at work offered um, offered a place to stay with her, offered to stay with her. And to me, I was like, oh, dude, you're going to live with your manager? That's kind of sketch, man. But, you know, honestly, I was looking back at it. Uh, any way out is a step forward when you're in a tough circumstance like that any way any any way in any direction is a way out is a way forward and um after after she's pick after she picked up a few pieces of a broken heart and um she she moved in with her with her manager and then we stopped we shortly stopped talking after that and we slowly stopped talking after that and fast forward until March freak March 2nd in Hawaii and she says yo I'm flying in from Arizona and going to I'm flying in from Arizona to Hawaii on Wednesday let's meet up when are you gonna leave and I'm planning to leave I my flight was gonna leave the next day after she arrived on Thursday and I was like oh shoot Gerald hasn't texted back yet oh no when does Gerald want to meet though Right, I was I, like, I was gonna find a way to meet them both, though, and and this this spontaneous uh, this spontaneity kind of opened up a lot. Uh, this kind of spontaneous thing from Rose really opened a whole a whole adventure between all of us. She goes, "Okay, you know, you're leaving the next day." I'm like, "Is it okay if we meet the day that you arrive, Rose?" And she goes. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I fly in at two thirty, and I was like, "All right, cool. Uh, let's let's meet up then." And just as soon as I send that text, Gerald finally texts back and goes, "Can we meet up on th- on Wednesday? Because that's the only time that I'm available because of school." I'm like, oh shoot, we're all meeting up on Wednesday. Oh my god! And like, here here's me because I'm I I haven't really grasped. Um how to handle social interaction fully yet <laughs> for some reason i'm like okay when am i gonna meet these two during the day like i'm gonna spend morning with rose i'm gonna spend the afternoon with child that's stupid right like i'm like what the hell are you doing we're adults here i i text gerald and it was a pretty daunting task because i was i was already very hesitant um hesitant to ask so much out of gerald but I text Charles and and told him about Rose coming in, and he goes. Um, I was like, Gerald, is it okay if Rose tags along on our on our excursion? And he goes, Yeah, yeah, sure, that's fine. And I was like, oh, All right, okay. And Rose, texts uh, Rose. Um, I text Rose and I say, Gerald and I were actually planning up to meet, planning to meet on Wednesday. Did you? Could you join us? Would you be okay to join us? And she goes, yeah, I'm all right. Oh, shoot. Okay. And, and we're going back to that thing. Like, here I was worried that, you know, like I had to be down. 
you know, I just had to be down. If like if had I known that these guys were going to be down, I would have been less nervous. But that's not a way to way to think. You know, I have to be down whether or not I know um, if these people are going to be down. You know, I just got to I got I have to be secure in myself in that aspect. So the plan was set. Gerald fetched or not fetch me, toss me some plans about um, what to do, where to go, go to the 40 feet waves at North Shore compared to my six foot person. That's 34 feet of 34 feet difference. Go to Lanikai Beach. The last plan was to probably the, the contingency was pro- was to go to Waikiki. And personally, I didn't want to go to Waikiki <laughs> only because my, my hotel was at Waikiki and I, I had already been swimming at Waikiki every day um, before I planned meetup. So I don't want to see it again because, hello, I just live right there. I want to go go to someplace I'd, I've never seen before. But hey, I'm seeing friends. Why not? It's going to be it's going to be a blast. So it's the day of the it's the day that we're all planning to meet up. And uh, I, I take my sweet time that day because we don't plan to meet up until like four o'clock at Alamo Wana, at, at the Alamo Wana Mall. So I take my sweet time going to Waikiki, going into all the one dollar shops to get souvenirs for my family, for my friends. I freaking hit the beach in the morning because I woke up really early and I, I, I even go to the Alamoana area, go to downtown Alamoana, head, went, walked very slowly to Walmart and Don Quixote, gone Don Quixote and, and Target thinking that I was going to, by the time I got to Alamoana Mall, it was there, like it would, I, I wouldn't wait that long. But apparently I walk very fast because I have very long legs and I get to Alamoana a whole lot before I actually the, the time meet up. So I I I I walked around the whole mall. I explored the whole mall waiting for Rose and Gerald. Rose who was flying in on two thirty two thirty and Gerald who was gonna be at the mall at, at four. So I wait and it's okay waiting. The security probably looked at me up and down and was like, this guy's been walking around this mall for a couple of hours already. I think we should like bag him or something. <laughs> walking around with a backpack with sunglasses on his fisherman's hat. He looks a little bit sketchy. Yeah, I'm surprised I wasn't arrested. Um, so Rose's plan was to stay in with her friends at Waipahu. And when she flew in, she was gonna f- go to Waipahu first, drop all her stuff. And then she was going to be dropped off to the Alamoana via her friends or via an, an Uber. Um, but her friends wanted to take her on an excursion after picking her up from the airport before meeting us in Alamoana. She, she got some shaved ice and she asked us, she asked us if we could meet her at a hotel that she was, she and her friend was going to check in at, in the Alamoana, the Hilton Doubletree. So she wouldn't have to travel all the way to Waipahu to the from from Waipahu all the way to Alamoana. All she had to do was to um, was to you know get picked up from the Hilton DoubleTree. And she asked us to meet at a later time or to pick us pick pick her up at a later time because she was still heading from from Waipahu. And Gerald 
got stuck in traffic because there's a detour from Chaminade to Alamoana and he had to take another to take an alternate route. Uh, we didn't end up meeting until 4.30, Gerald and I, because Rose was going to now get picked up at her hotel. And let me tell you, I was a little bit scared going, not scared, but nervous. I haven't seen Gerald in such a long time. It's been half a year. Didn't really talk to this guy in high school. We never really talked to each other. What is it going to be like talking to him? Right? I was very, I was kind of nervous. You know, I, I we, 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 were, we were planning to meet at center court. And I was at the bottom of the escalators. And you should have seen my head. It was, it was going left and right every which way. As if I was a dog looking at an own at an owner's stick as he's waving it. And I wanted to see Gerald before he saw me. For some reason, some mental reason. And I see him. He descends from the es- escalator. And I could barely recognize him. If it not were for his if it wasn't for his for his um for his face, his body said otherwise, because like I said before, um, he was this very skinny guy. He rocked a middle part. He was very, he was very lanky. And now this guy, he was very built, right? He's I didn't recognize. And then he dressed differently because Gerald usually wore sported a, um, a, a flannel with a t-shirt underneath and a khaki pants or some sort of, some sort of jogger. But now he was wearing this white, white t-shirt with a graphic on it khaki shorts white shoes and he's got ice on his neck he's got a gold chain around his neck and a very nice metal watch and top of that it looks like he just got got out of a mullet i don't know how to explain that further but he got out of a mullet (laughs) like that's what his haircut looked like i didn't recognize him he looked so differently as he's coming down this um the escalator he sees me and he's like devin Oh my, I was like, I was like, dude, Gerald, oh my God, I didn't even recognize you. You look like a freaking local, man. You look like a Hawaiian local. He goes, yeah, yeah, man. Like, and it was just so crazy to see how much Gerald's changed physically. Now we walk around the mall because Rose is still heading to her, her apartment, her, not her, not her apartment, but her, her, uh, her, her hotel. So we decided to spend some time walking around the mall and Gerald changed so much, right? He, he, he's totally not the guy that I've I, I remembered in high school. He was very excited talking about Hawaii, and he was he he was very excited showing me around, and he was explaining so much different stuff about about Honolulu. It made me it made me smile because I was like, man, you know what? I'm very happy for you, Gerald, and. He was talking about how you went plant-based. 75% of his meals is um, is, is uh, vegetarian, not vegetarian, plant-based. So his morning, bre- his breakfast is oatmeal and, and lunch. It, he, cho- he chooses the vegan option at Chaminade and for dinner, he allows himself to eat meat. Um, and it was exactly what I was expecting out of, out of a plant-based person. They said that, they said that oh, it changed my life. You know, I feel a lot better. I feel a lot healthier. Um, when I hear that from other people, from strangers, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, bullshit. I know you eat meat a lot. <laughs> but hearing it from Gerald, I was like, wow, you know what? I might just go plant-based. You know, you you look good. You say that you feel good. And obviously, those results are showing. 
you know, might as well. And uh, to see how much he's changed really astounded me. And I was very happy to see him, uh, to see the change that he made. Um, so Rose finally texts us, right? We, we've already gone, we went into Uniqlo to get some souvenir shirts. And Rose texts us saying that I'm ready to be picked up. Just let us, just let me know when you're going to pick me up. So I turned to Gerald, looked at him and said, let's go. So we go over to his friend's car, his friend's car. I say that because it's not his car. He borrowed it from his friend, Nicole. Thank you very much, Nicole, for letting Gerald borrow your car. It's a very nice car, by the way. Very clean. I even tell him, yo, do you have a Hawaiian uh, Hawaii license? And he goes, no, I don't. I still have the Guam license. I go, what the frick? He goes, people on Guam tell me that it was okay to have a Guam license in Hawaii. Well, people here in Hawaii tell me that it's not good to have a Guam license when driving here in Hawaii. So I'm just kind of living on the edge, you might say. <laughs> so we're on the way to see Rose in her hotel when we stop at a stoplight because that's what you do at a stoplight, right? And he turns to me and he goes, I have never met Rose. And I go, you've never met Rose? Well, yeah, I mean, like I've seen her, I know of her. I know that she went to school and she was on Guam and she moved off island and, um, you, you said that you, you talked about her relationship in Arizona um, and what happened there at Denny's. And you, you and I know that she's married through social media. But other than that, I don't really know Rose. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just realized these two people have never met in their life. <laughs> They've never met. Oh, shoot. <laughs> um, it's not that it worried me. I think it was it was very exciting having um me being the mutual friend among these two people, these two, these two people, uh, I, it was, it was a little bit daunting for me. Like how, like now it was up to me to connect these guys. And I barely, I, I, I haven't seen Rose in a long time. I haven't seen Gerald in a long time. And, um, it was, I was, I, I had to be the connection here. That's the job that I put on myself. And I, um, going back to Rose being married, I uh, asked Gerald, what are your thoughts about marriage at this age? And he goes, you know, if somebody's mentally and emotionally ready for that kind of commitment, then you go for it. I agreed, him, I agreed with him in that aspect. Uh, but I, I told him that. I feel like marriage is one of those final milestones in your life. It's a, it's a few milestones away from death when you think about it, if you think about it that way. Um, you, you get married, you get kids, you retire from your job, and then you die. I, some people think that's a very pessimistic way of thinking, but I think but that's the way I think. Marriage is a very, uh, is, is something that comes later on, a lot later on in your life. And Rose, Gerald, and I are all the same age. And that, that's my, that was the sentiment I shared. I, tell, I told him that if I were to get married at this age, and maybe it's because I'm not ready mentally or emotionally, but I feel like I, if I got married at this age, um, it would feel that I'm close to death. <laughs> I guess that's a very like dramatic way of thinking about it. And I'll be honest with you, I, I'm not ready to get married. But here's Rose, who, who's married. And that's a whole sign of maturity. All right, we'll get into that later. So we pull up to the Hilton Doubletree to see Rose. And we're coming into the driveway at this roundabout. And... I see this woman, I see this woman walk down the staircase and I, I don't recognize her at first, but I'm 
but at this point of the day, I haven't been recognizing a lot of people. Um, exhibit one, Gerald. And I see this woman walk down the staircase from the lobby. And she, she, her gait, the way that she walked, she was just so elegant, confident. Every step had a purpose. Her head was high. Her chin was up. You know, she looked out into the world like she was going to conquer it with every step that she took. Um, then I realized it was Rose. It's like, oh my God, it's Rose. I, uh, to give you, I, I've given you a background on Rose, but she's just changed so much. I, I, I say that, I, I said this about Jell, I'm gonna say it about Rose. I haven't seen her since so, the, the middle of sophomore year. And this is my first time physically seeing her in person since then. A lot has changed. And one of the key things that I, um, I'd like to point out or uh, to, to tell you guys about Rose is that when I knew her in middle school, um, she was this very vibrant, outgoing, friendly, positive personality. I think I've said this before that she lifts, she lifts people up in, in any room that she goes into. Uh, she knows how to make people smile and make them feel comfortable around her. And uh, she, has the, she had this lazy eye and she still has this lazy eye. And in middle school and high school, she used to use her hair to cover her eye. And for me, when I, when I, back on Guam, I remember thinking, you know, you're such a, you're such a confident personality. To me, it was so weird having to see her with, with her covering up, covering up something that I wouldn't think that she'd be worried about other people worrying about, you know, or she'd be worried about what other people thought about her eye. You know, like I, I didn't think that she'd be worried about that kind of thing only because of how uh, exuberant she was. Um, but obviously something in her life, whether it be like a relationship, a family member, um, uh, like the, or a mental block that was, that was keeping the, that hair in front of her eye, hiding that, that beauty, that, that beautiful aspect about Rose, the thing that makes Rose uh, Rose. And uh, only recently through an Instagram post did I see her with her hair up. And I just remember being so proud. And my mom was crying because she's close to Rose too and she loves Rose. And she was crying and she's saying how much, how proud she was seeing her with her hair up. Um, and we, we expressed that, we expressed that joy very silently because I didn't want to share that with Rose. Um, and seeing her walk down the, the steps from the lobby of the Hilton was very profound. Now I'm seeing this girl who I haven't seen um, since middle school or f since high school. Now I'm seeing a totally different person. Like I've already seen a different person in Gerald. I, I already think Gerald is a different person from the last person that I saw back on Guam. But here was Rose, totally different person. Is she even the same person? Um, that I knew in high school and she probably isn't she's married now she's got a she's got a husband in the military now and that's actually why she's in in Hawaii is to get a visa so that she could travel to Korea so that she could stay um, in Korea with her husband <laughs> just imagine that's a that's the life man like since her breakup and after um, meeting Ao and her her, her husband uh, she's traveled a lot throughout um throughout the throughout the world um 
I don't know about the world, but across the United States, she's she's seen a lot. And Gerald and I were astounded by that. The funny thing is, we're pulled up to the we pulled up to the to the Hilton, and she goes, um, <laughs> before Rose gets into the car, um, Gerald goes, "Yo, that that's not her." I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? That 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 is her." Who else are we picking up right now? Dude, that can't be her. She slides into the car. She's like, hey, guys. And the first thing that John and I um, think about saying was, congratulations. <laughs> and it's such a trip having all of us being the same age, have all of us be the same age, 19. And one of us is married. <laughs> There's three levels of maturity here, which I'll get into later. But one of us is freaking married. She's clearly mentally ages above Gerald and I, and that's that's what we discuss later on in the night. She told she we 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 caught up on her marriage. She said that she planned the whole thing with her husband. Um, she had a friend who was a pastor, and that's who married him. Married them. She had they had friend they had a friend who was a DJ, and that's who did the uh, reception. A very small wedding with just friends. Uh, and. Just to give an insight, she's just giving an insight of what it's like to be so mature with her planning her own freaking wedding. That's crazy. Um, she she was sharing stories on the way to Waikiki Beach. Um, she was sharing stories about um, about the world, right? She was uh, she she said that she went to Mexico and she was partying with with her friends and these guys that she met in Tucson. Um, she guys that are not met in Tucson, but met from Tucson, that they were all partying in uh, Tijuana. And they're all driving in one car. It's Rose's car. And the police stop them. And because they recognize these two guys and they bring these two guys in to jail, to freaking jail. They get pulled over and those two guys go to jail. And I don't know how law works in Tijuana, but those guys are let out in the same day. I'm assuming that Rose and her friends exchanged numbers with those two guys because those two guys called up Rose the next day after being let out and say, we left something in your car. Can we get it back from you? And Rose is like, yeah, of course. You know, probably left like a wallet or something. And she goes to the car to check, to go to go herself and check what they left. And she finds freaking cocaine. Yeah, I'm talking about that Pablo Escobar type of shit. I'm talking about that narcos drug cartel kind of thing. And as Rose is, explain, Rose is explaining this, we're like, Jordan and I are in the front. It's like, what in the hell? <laughs> what the frick? Dude. And now, now that I'm saying the story out loud, I'm realizing that's probably why they were let out of jail so early is because they didn't find drugs on them that they were suspected for because it was in Rose's freaking car. And Gerald and I were like, were you afraid of getting in trouble? And she, she very nonchalantly, <laughs> nonchalantly. I mean, imagine this is about drugs. It's a federal crime to, to have drugs of the cocaine nature. And she goes, no, I wasn't scared of getting in trouble. It's what makes life exciting. It made it exciting. I'm like, oh, well, freaking crazy. All right. So we, we, we finally get to Waikiki Beach the part in front of Capilani Park. And uh, we sit there on the, cool, on the cool sand with the cool breeze from the ocean and um, the mountain air. And we just watched the sunset go down. It was the most beautiful sight you could ever witness with a couple of friends um, 
far away from home and that friends you haven't seen in a while. It was very, it was very nice. Along with the 10,000 other people from Waikiki that decided to watch the same sun, same sunset with us in Waikiki. <laughs> oh man, COVID. So we decided to eat dinner at the Royal Hawaiian, uh, further down Waikiki, past the beach, past the international marketplace. And we start talking about Guam. I, I say, Gerald, how is it like here compared to Guam? He goes, to be honest, and this is one of the most profound uh, lessons that I, I received this night, received that night. Um, he goes, you know, to be honest, I don't think I would be the person that I am today had I not left the island. And I go, oh, why do you say that? What makes you say that? I explain, explain more. And he goes, well, to be, I'm going to be completely honest here. I feel like I've grown into a person here in Hawaii. I've, I was, there's a lot of independency that, that comes living alone and being away from home without your parents behind your back, without your fam without your friends behind your, behind your back, without society, the society that you once lived lived in behind your back. Now you just got a clean slate. Now that nobody's there telling you what to do, now it's really up to you to make sure that you you live a good life, that you make good decisions so that you you live a good life and have a good future. And it's really it's really made me grow into a person in the fact that I needed a I I've found myself more. I've I've been finding myself. He uh went plant based. That's and that he he was introduced to that by um family members that lived in, in Hawaii. He doesn't live with him though. He's still living alone. Um, he took up Muay Thai, more, the most badass martial art, might I say. Like, uh, Gerald, I knew Gerald as this very reserved, very soft-spoken guy in high school. And here he is telling me that he joined Muay Thai and that he's learning how to kill because that's what Muay Thai is, man. If you don't know what Muay Thai is, it's, you can't, uh, to give you like a very brief insight, um, you can't apply mall karate to a mugging but you can apply Muay Thai to a mugging and and come out with the robber's gun and, and his wallet. <laughs> you reverse the mug. And Job picked that martial art up. And who would have known? Um, he, he said that even though there's a martial art, there's a Muay Thai gym here in Guam, um, if there's something mentally that was keeping him from doing that. And being here in Hawaii, he's really been able... He's, he's been given the freedom of time and space to to explore himself and thus taking up those things. And it's changed him. And I go, that's very interesting. He says, yeah, being, being on the island, it, it can make you feel trapped. You feel trapped and it develops this closed-mindedness sometimes, right? You either, you either feel, you, you, some people get, people stay content with staying on the island and they don't explore the world. And so the, 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 the experiences they pick up on Guam, I mean, there's only f so much that, th that you can do on Guam and so many people that you can meet, um, that everything that you learn on Guam is recycled knowledge. You're not bringing any new knowledge to the table. Uh, if you're bringing any knowledge from out of like online, it's, it's not, it's, it's very little compared to the value of, actually experiencing that off island 
as opposed to just online. You know, you could be content on the island and, you know, share recycled information and stay with those solutions that have that barely work or you can um, or you can feel trapped on the island and be upset at the life you live because you can't travel and that that and thus making you feel like you have a very sucky life so i'm glad so he said that he's very glad moving out and there's a quote that i remember from from uh from this conversation he goes or i i remember thinking you know you only grow into the size of the fishbowl you're in guam is a small fishbowl and people here on guam grow to the size of it go to the full extent of it but they never travel they never go and leave and to see how big of a fish they are when they go to other fishbowls and you know it's easy to think you know i'm the biggest fish here i'm the biggest fish here on guam um i know everything but when you put when you're put in an, an, in another fishbowl um there's still so much room to grow as a person you, do you really know yourself in guam is so small and there are bigger fishbowls out there do you re- how much of yourself do you really know and that's that's something that stuck with me we gained, we made it to the royal hawaiian after that really nice conversation and uh, we we eat this really good thai place i was about to order wine but i realized i'm 19 and if i ask for wine and they ask for my id and realize that i'm not 21 they'd kick us out or make us pay more or have us wash dishes i don't know and it was a really nice dinner we, we talked about we we caught up on a lot of things um we we, we expressed we shared stories that you know it was it was very it was very interesting sharing these stories with these guys only because i'm not very close to gerald i wasn't very close to gerald and um i haven't seen rosen forever um we're all very well acquainted we're not close friends i think it, um is the right word for it um to be very blunt and we were opening up about things that happened to us on guam like our relationships um and there's something so magical about meeting with friends away from home. You just feel so much free. I remember when my mom traveled to San Francisco and she, she bumped into a friend from high school there. And they went out through the whole city and um, went through the whole city in San Francisco, holding hands and pretending to be like a couple because they didn't have to worry about anybody judging them like here on Guam, because everyone here on Guam knows each other. So, um, uh, bringing that to Gerald Rose and I and my conversation uh, we just felt so free and open to talk about 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 everything about everything and anything Gerald's relationship status um, how Rose Rose um, Rose's life and I was just I, I didn't I don't think I really contributed a lot I just added on to a lot of things um, I think I think the thing that I said I th- there, there's something that Rose actually said that made me that, that was very profound and she said sometimes I just feel like I grew up too fast and Gerald and I looked at each other and we we honestly said that we agreed she's been through so much and she's been forced to grow up so fast um, and I, I, I don't know if she lived she lived out her youth as much as she wanted to live out her youth but you know she's doing so well now um, but that's exactly what I was scared of when she left. 
was that she was going to grow up a little bit too fast. And she, she said that. And her hearing her say that herself, I was like, dang, you know? But um, on the, like if you were to put those situ- circumstances on the scale, stay on Guam and remain youthful or go through what Rose went through and mature, which one would you take? And that really depends on the person. So we went to, we went, we got, we got laid. <laughs> Gerald and I, Gerald got Rose and I laid and, um, you know, the floral thing. And then um, we got sh- the classic shaved eyes. We head back to the car, learn some, uh, learn some slang from Gerald, uh, <laughs> like fucka or bangas. You know, bangers is the word for uh, fuck boy in, Ho- in Hawaii slang in pidgin. We get to the car and it's time to go home. It's the end of the night. It's been such a great night sharing these, uh, sharing these stories with them and hearing their insight to life and how they matured. It was so, it was so great and so profound. And it only got more profound because when we got to, we got to the car and we we're dropping Rose off first. We were dropping Rose off first. And I, 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 I spoke very bluntly and I said, you know, you guys, you guys matured a whole lot. We're, we're clearly at different levels of maturity here. I mean, Gerald, you're, you're living alone here in the dorms, um, forced to make sure that you make the right decisions to maintain your education without having anybody to tell you that you need to maintain your education. And Rose, it, it shouldn't go without saying you've been through so much and you've, had to survive and be resilient through so much that it's it's made it's made your maturity excel past 19 like you're you're mentally freaking 25 or 26 and a totally different level and i and i I, i'd say that i'm probably the infant here because um i i'm still dependent on on living at at my house with my family you know, going to college here, nothing, I'm not paying any bills, which I would really love, which I'm really grateful for, but I need to, I need to change that. And I hope to change that soon. I tell them that. We, we talked about these maturity levels and we talked about how travel, traveling off island, living off island really affects, um, really affects maturity and it's it's forced Gerald to become more mature it's forced Rose to become mature mature and open-minded also I I I want to say that too it's made them very open-minded to the world we talked about that we talked about Guam specifically when it when it came to open-mindedness open-mindedness and maturity I told them you know talking to you guys I just feel so much more mature Right. And I thought I was pretty mature on the island. The only people that I could have a mature, meaningful, doesn't deep and meaningful are two different things, in my opinion. But um, having meaningful conversations on Guam, very hard to come by for me. The only people I can have that kind of conversation with um, is like with Matt or 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 adults on Guam. But talking to you guys, you guys are like a a breath of fresh air. I feel like we can op- um, openly discuss things without any, without fear of anybody's feelings getting hurt, as opposed to Guam, where seemingly everyone takes things personally, and um, we, I, I don't understand that. 
and they they agreed they were like yeah you know what like living li- living on a small island like guam um it's very it could it, it's very you you could get you it's very easy to get mixed up in drama every and you're involved in everyone's drama we talked about social media on the island and how we could uh we we could see into other people's lives a whole lot and we're we're for every time that we look at the screen we're we're in that person's life and the longer we sound social media the more that we're living we're seeing other people live their lives and and the less that we live ours and on guam when bad things go around they stay around and we like people on guam like to relish that relish in that you know because there's only so much things you could do on guam when something spicy happens like drama um, if if you have idle hands here on Guam, then you get you can get mixed up in drama so easily, and it can get to you, and it can make you think that those 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 that kind of drama and those problems that are attributed to that drama are are important issues, when it really isn't. When it's easily solvable issues, but the reason why it's not solved quickly is because people want to relish in it. And that's what uh, that's what Gerald said. That's exactly what Gerald said. And Rose, who hasn't been on Guam since three years, still could agree about the same thing about how um, people really like to overblow and exaggerate um, easily solvable situations if everybody just cooperated on both ends. And um, uh, to to reiterate, idle hands on Guam call for a stale life or petty drama. You know, if you have idle hands here on Guam, assuming that you're not traveling or if you're not doing something to contribute to the island um, in a positive way and you have idle hands, you either live a boring life or you 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 get mixed up in the drama. You know, I think I think seven times out of ten, even um, people prefer the drama than to just, you know, remain still and stagnant. I mean, I would if. <laughs> if that was if those were my choices, huh, live a boring life or or drama. I think I'll take drama, but in the end, it's not it's not effective in in growing into a person like Gerald and Rose has. Which brings us to our conclusion, and this is the this will be the end of the podcast in a couple of minutes. Um, there were different maturity levels between Rose, Gerald, and I, and it was very apparent. Um, I was. I was obviously the mental. I was mentally the youngest, or in, if we were to make age maturity and age, I was the youngest. Uh, Gerald was the middle child, and Rose was, um, Rose was the oldest. My mom, my mom said that when I sent her a picture of all of us, and I, I told her exactly what I'm saying to you guys right now. Um, she talked about how we were, we all looked. We even all looked physically um, different in age. I was the most youthful, Gerald was the middle, and Rose looked like the older sister to Gerald and I. Um, and it was it was crazy. It was crazy hearing that. Um, to uh, she switched my paradigm a bit, and while I did learn a lot from them, um, she said that I hope they learned a lot from you too. And I go, why, why? What do you mean? She goes, because they've been living mature. They've been living pretty maturely for the past, uh, for the past couple of years or past couple of months for Gerald. Um, 
and you coming to visit them, it reminded them of their youth, right? And it, it, made, it made them realize that we're all still 19 and we still got a lot of life left to live and we still have a lot of time. And you probably, hopefully, maybe you reminded them of that aspect, of that still youthful aspect. And now come to think about it, you know, having different uh, maturity levels it's really motivated me while I, I, I have, I'm waiting until next year to leave off Island. This is what I took from it. I'm going to leave off Island next year to go to Virginia, to live with my uncle, uh, and, 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 and build a life in the United States of America in the mainland. Um, but I can't do that if I, if I become too reliant on people and, and I'm hope and, it, it doesn't start when you leave home, uh, deciding for yourself that you're going to live, um, you're going to live independently um, or interdependently for some, for, in some cases. The choice to live independently doesn't start when you live alone. It could start when you still live under the same house as your mom or if you're going to college in your hometown. Uh, over the course of the quarantine, I realized that um, I'm here on Guam. I'm in quarantine right now. Um, I, I've had the luxury of living alone here in this quarantine facility. And it's really up to me to make sure I attend class and make sure I do work timely and that I go to bed early so I can wake up in the morning. Today's not the case, though. It's already 2 a.m. Um, but it's easy to just lay down in bed all day here in this nice hotel room and sleep. But that's not what maturity is. That's not how you grow into being a better person, more efficient person. And Gerald and um, Rose have inspired me that if I'm going to be mature like they are, if I'm going to be successful like they're, they are they are living currently, because to me, in the terms of um, through 19-year-old eyes, they're, they're living pretty successfully, most especially Rose. And I've got to raise the standard for myself and raise the standard of living for myself and everything is up to me, right? I can't move off island right now. Okay, I still have to finish school here, but that doesn't mean I can't learn to be independent here. I can't, that doesn't mean that I can't start making the decision, good decisions to, um, to better my life and so that I could live I could live sustainably and, you know, make it out on my own when it comes time to it. All the decisions, there's a quote in the seven habits of, of effective people written by Stephen Covey that I, I, I hold dearly. It's that all the decisions that I made yesterday make me who I am today or made me who I am today. So it's all up to me and it's, all, it's my responsibility to do that. So it's been a ride for you to listen to me talk about these, about the story about maturity and the coming of age. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Stick around for more. Follow me on my social media, Instagram at Devin Duque, um, Twitter at Childish Chemo. Uh, I hope I get to talk to you guys again. And I hope that um, you took a lot of uh, took a lot out of this story as much as I did. Um, Signing off, my name is Devin. 
Thank you for listening to Untitled Podcast. <laughs> Till next time.